0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gym Owners Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about your client's fitness journey, lifetime fitness journey from when they were young to when maybe they drifted away from fitness and wellness and health. Maybe when they found their way back in and somewhere along there, they found their way to you. Maybe they find their way away from you. But the the client's lifetime fitness journey is very important to your business. And we want to make sure that you know very clearly where you and your business is positioned for them in that fitness journey because that will tell you very clearly what you should be doing for them next or what you can be speaking about in order to attract the right people as well so this works everything this will cover everything that will help you get get the right leads and attract the right people also for retention and making sure that you're not letting a lot of money walk out the door as well so the average person's fitness journey and where do you fit in it guys Before we get started, make sure you go to the Gym Owners Revolution. That's our Facebook group. Link is in our descriptions. It's in the description below. Join it. It's a resource for gym owners. We have conversations. We have people share. That's where the live videos are as well for the podcast episodes. And uh, this is a place we want to continue to build gym owners who are trying to make good money but doing it the right way. No slimy bullshit. Um, That's the place to be. Follow the podcast at the gym owners podcast on Instagram and follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler E F F I N Stone. And John, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at J Banks F L.
0: So today we're going to map out the person's, uh, the average American. Let's go American because usually American, the American's fitness journey, either you kind of were fit and kind of stayed fit. You uh, California folks, all you beautiful people that tend to just never get fat, and then the rest of us who, some point in the twenties and thirties, let it all slide and got to crawl back in. I think that's the nature of the fitness business: is getting back into shape seems to be the nature of the fitness business.
1: I was a fat kid in California, Tyler. It was lonely. It was a lonely (laughs) place to be as a fat kid in California.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is a very lonely. (laughs) Yeah, being fat in California is rough, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. It's like being tall in China, <laughs> You're like now, what is this guy doing here? <laughs> so, um, but it is interesting. And I, every gym, by the way, is going to be positioned a bit differently in, in, in where you fit in someone's fitness journey. So I want you to think of your gym and think of where just lifetime fitness, everything is person, your clients who come into you and end up joining where they all come from. Like, are they getting back into shape? What is their age? And there may be a few different client types but it's really, really important that you know that piece, not just where do they work and what their interests are, but really like, where do you fit into this, this thing? And hopefully you fit somewhere that involves getting them their, their true goal with most people. We want to make sure that they're fit and healthy for life. That should be, be part of it. Unless your gym is very specialized, right? This is a, always a piece. If you're hyper specialized, if you are a extreme powerlifting gym. Well, maybe you're not too worried about your people making finding their way to long-term health. They're coming to you to fucking clang and bang and get fucking sick and thick. And then that's what you're here to do. And that's great. That's great. But that level of specialization, you still can know where you're at. So if you are that extreme hardcore powerlifting gym, most likely your clients are people who have kind of gone from very general fitness to gradually specializing down into the things that they like. And now they like lifting four sets of one to three reps tops, you know, and skipping their accessories and not doing cardio and, uh, you know, bringing two duffel bags worth of equipment. That's your, that's your guy. And where do they go from there? Um, the orthopedic surgeon, most likely, More, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but so but, if you're a general fitness, right. So let's just talk, let's just go through kind of a, an average person. Let's let's just throw, let's throw me. I'm maybe I'm not the most average, but my I think my point up until finding fitness is pretty normal. Did some sports in high school, said fuck it, if college wasn't interested. But I was generally active a lot when I was young. I played a lot of sports, did all the things, just a regular active young kid, relatively healthy. By the time I got to college age, I did what most Americans do, which is you detach yourself from the family unit and you go separate to the American college. Let's accumulate debt and party like a degenerate. Experience—that's the American dream, right? That's what we do. Uh, that's what we do after high school is we go to mm-hmm. college and do that. Then after that, I just went into the workforce, kind of, you know, and just worked and worked and worked and was had no paid no concern to my health whatsoever since sports.
1: I think it's really important because I know some of your um, more common nutritional choices during this particular time period of your life. Because I've listened to you talk about it on other podcasts. But I think it's also very common for the Amer- average American of what you're eating, which is going to be gas, hot station dogs, nat- and- natty
0: ice. Yeah. Hot dogs, natural ice, uh, freaking yeah, gas station food, candy just- bars, Mountain Dew. It was just what I had, uh, health was not on the radar. It's just not. Right. And then you get to the point where you just have all of these little, Things like fuck, you know. You look in the mirror. I don't like this. I don't feel good. You try to, you know, try to maybe pick up playing city league basketball, church league basketball. It works, but man, you suck, and you never quite turn the corner playing men's league basketball and really getting into shape. You just kind of do the thing.
1: Back. Like (laughs) you hurt my fucking back every time I would go to play basketball. I'm like, God damn, my back is just (laughs) killing me.
0: So then, but what happened then was I tried many different types of fitness because fitness get joining a gym was the solution to the problem. I I, I knew it. I, I knew I needed to get into a gym and do something for fitness. So that's that's where it started, right? That's where I began to seek a place where if you are as a gym owner, you could have hooked someone like me, just your regular Midwest American dude. And that was uh first few times I went to the YMCA going to pay for coaching didn't have much money it was cheap so what did i do at the ymca i went in and i started with a very generalized form of fitness that i was going to seek i had access to equipment and lots of it and no idea what to do but i was just going to do some stuff what i normally would do what on- i honestly did was i walked in a couple of times and i would just uh grab some weights on one end of the dumbbells things and those people over there on the dumbbell and the free weights those guys seemed to know what they were doing and i hadn't done any of that since high school. So then I would just go and try to run on the treadmill and I would run a half mile as fast as my 350 pounds of mashed potatoes would go. I would feel miserable. My feet would hurt and I would be tired and be a nine minute, half mile, 10 minute, half mile in a cloud of dust. And then I would get off the treadmill. I would get off the treadmill and I would not come back for six months. And then I would redo it again and I would do it again. And I'd have friends that would ask, you know, we want to do this stuff and do my friend got into bike riding, cycling. And I was eh, I just passed on that. But that was another opportunity that came my way, right? To do some exercise. Passed on it until finally I made my way to CrossFit affiliate. Even though I wasn't the build for it, a group fitness gym kind of worked for me at the time. I didn't want to do it. You but got I ask, did something
1: didn't you I got, you got asked. asked by someone.
0: Yeah. I got asked and I said no the first time. And then a little bit while later, I just I caved because I still wasn't doing anything. So make my way into that place and I started doing it. And the group, uh, the idea of it being group fitness was a deterrent to me in the beginning. I did not care. I did not want to be working out with a bunch of fit dorks. It was not interesting to me. I'm not, I don't like just giving a bunch of people access to me socially either regularly. I think that sucks. It's just not my personality type. Because I don't want to be talking to a bunch of normies all the time right? And so, but it worked. And when you do get to know people there, the group aspect of it, the community aspect keeps you there, regardless of whether it's an attractor. I don't believe it is an attractor to anybody. I don't think it's just me. I don't think you're like, I want to join a family and then start working out. Those are two separate things that I think a lot of group (laughs) fitness people conflate. Um, But it it was the thing that keeps you there and it keeps you going and it, it keeps you showing back up, having fun, which keeps you getting results, right? Got lots of great results. Then what do I do? I realized that crossfit was very generalized. It is a coaching version, but it is very generalized fitness. You're doing lots of different things, lots of different ways. I'm six foot six at the time. I was 350, 360. I had cut weight over the course of six, eight months. I was down to 300 pounds, lost 50, 60 pounds. And I was like, all right, I was feeling good. I was in good shape, but it's like skinny fat, kind of, not skinny fat, just kind of skinny, you know? And uh, I wasn't that interested in doing more pull ups and more. You know, whatever. So I said, I'm going to focus on the one thing that I like the most about CrossFit. So what did I do I Went from a general form of fitness to something more specialized, which was <laughs> yeah. I'm going to focus on weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. Right. I did that for six months, hired a coach, did the thing, still trained out of the CrossFit gym, but did less of the group fitness workouts. And I would do, I was that guy in a CrossFit gym doing weightlifting.
1: Was the coach that you got for the Olympic weightlifting, was he affiliated with the CrossFit gym?
0: Nope, because they didn't offer oh, okay. it. Okay. They didn't no. offer it. and they weren't even selling privates at the time because they didn't have time. Missed opportunity. Make a note of that, guys, as you go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, make a note of this because we're going to touch back on this. Where, where are you missing opportunities throughout people's journeys, right? Um, they did offer every once in a while a little specialty seminar, and I would get in on all of those. You know, they were like, hey, we're going to do this for two weeks in a row on a Saturday if you guys want to come in. So I, I did every one of those still, so they got something out of me. But I paid for coaching, did all that, you know, hired fucking John North, Attitude Nation, baby, fucking slamming bars, and you that know, that was awesome. Yeah, and it fucking wrecked my shit so bad, dude. That <laughs> training volume was the dumbest shit I ever did. And so <laughs> it was the dumbest. I love John North, but that was crazy. It was insane. Like, I'm a tough guy, but my hands hurt so bad from just constantly doing, yeah, whatever. Anyway. We get done with all that stuff, and I and I was like, okay, never mind. I don't like weight, six months of weightlifting, five days a week. You're squatting like three, four days a week, and you're just constantly doing, you know, powers and partial pulls, and it's fuck all. No thanks, dude. I was too yes. old. I, maybe you're a young pup. I but was a lot too of weight, a lot of a life. lot of weightlifting training is meat grinder style shit, where it's like we just run yeah. everybody through, and the few that survive can be good. Um, and then from there, though, I, I did have a knack for being strong. I was good at those things. But again, I was going, to, I needed something special. I wasn't going to revert back to a more general form of fitness. So I specialized again and I got into strongman and just getting big. You know, it's like size was the thing and strong. So I basically just pivoted sideways for something equally specialized. And then from there, that's when we had started the massonomics brand and we had built that, you know, Massonomics gym and all that stuff. But I started competing in strongman. And that was what I stayed in my training at that point for another three straight years. All right. Three years of strongman. Then tired of strongman. Tired. I've gone down the specialization route as far as I wanted to go.
1: You, you took another step, though, that I think it could be something we touch on later, which is you went competition-level strongman. Yes, yes. Not just yeah. strongman training, just generalized strongman training, which already is specialized, mm-hmm. but then you also competed in
0: yes offense. And competi- competing, that's another point, too, is if I, I view com- competition as a form of specialization because that specialization is what piques your interest, right? The reason we specialize is because it keeps us more interested. The reason right. we generalize is also because I'm less interested in this specialized thing I Doing. So let me walk it back. Right. And so when I got into competing, that was exactly and I competed for three years, four years or so. Um, but again, not everybody who gets into training like a strong man really wants to compete, but it's an accessible sport. Everyone can and should compete because there's novice divisions. It's not like fighting, where like, hey, you can get good at fighting, but maybe you shouldn't get in a cage with somebody who's trying to hurt you. Good like thing. strongman, it's like just go do it, see how you do. Nobody's gonna fucking, you're not gonna have to use a coloring book for the rest of your life because you weren't yeah. as good as you thought, you know, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, but then at that point when I was done, I was done, I was tired of eating food. I had hired a strongman coach. I had hired nutritionists, you know, to just try to build. So then I had built back up to the point where I was about 360 pounds of a very differently composed, same body weight as I, as when I was fat, but a very wow. differently composed 360. And was, it was the ultimate recomposition. I'll tell you that. Um, but then I was tired of it. I did the training was wearing on me. I gotten hurt a lot. And so in my fitness plan, I was like, I just now I just want to look better. I had specialized appointments. I just want to look better. That's it. So healed it all back. And I just started doing kind of bodybuilding stuff. A little bit of cardio, but some bodybuilding stuff. That was it. And frankly, that's kind of where I- where I'm at now, except for the introduction of MMA and fight training and stuff like that, which I suppose yeah. is a part of it. But I stayed in the bodybuilding stuff till I got the weight down and that became now, and that whole time I've been essentially a global gym guy, a 24 hour place for the most part, still train in some power spots. But then from there, my training was so generalized, I needed something to do to keep it interesting again. So what do I do? I Go from generalized to specialized again. So I zoom back in, let's do kickboxing, let's work on jujitsu, and then let's build that back out into some MMA style training. And that gives me something to focus on when I am in the gym as well, that if I'm lifting weights, it's for my specialized reason. And so that's the way it works for me. And I think the concepts of seeking generalization versus specialization is a thing that I think you do need to understand is in your client's nature, right? Right where are they going what are they seeking when they come to you first and it may just be generalized results and you're you are what you are to them um and that's and i think that's totally okay but know what you offer and then know when people like someone's path may take them away from your gym and that's okay right runners run man i have i have had clients who came to my crossfit affiliate that i owned when i along the process of here i opened a crossfit affiliate um i had a lot of clients who were runners And do you know why they came to join a CrossFit gym? Because running wasn't working for them anymore. They were tired of just running. It wasn't delivering results. It was just a bit too specialized. It was just fucking one thing. And so they want to do more stuff and they wanted to just be, let's just make it be a little more interesting. I need to shake it up. I spent too much time with these little jogger runners, blinders on. It's not getting me results. And it was very important for me to know that I wasn't to take these people away from running. I was there to the supplement to allow them to still enjoy the running that they would do. They did not come to me to become a lifetime CrossFitter, right? And don't force people to do that stuff all the time because it's because by the way, nobody, very few people do one type of fitness for ten years. Do you do you know? I mean, there there are people that do it, and it exists. And very often in that case, it's it's they're not making a ton of progress year, to year usually. No,
1: exactly and, right. Your well, body would- or,
0: or you're just, or either you're kind of doing that fitness for 10 years, or if you're really doing it, you're fucking great. Like literally great. Cause 10 years is what it takes to be great at something. Uh, yeah. but I'm not seeing a lot of that out there and I don't want to build your business around those outliers.
1: Exactly. Cause that would be less than one half of 1% of the people yeah. that are out there.
0: Yeah. So in your gym, this is the concept now I want you to understand. So what are the opportunities for you? Let's so let's just go group fitness because that's what a lot of people have, right? There's a thing that group fitness gyms have, functional fitness gyms, CrossFit affiliates that they do really well is they, they my favorite, by the way, it's my favorite concept of CrossFit, I think built into the CrossFit methodology is try new sports. And I think right. that allows for that natural human instinct to specialize and then zoom back and generalize. And then let's specialize a little bit until we're, because that that concept, CrossFit's concept of try new sports, like regularly try new sports, plays into the human nature of lifelong fitness. And I think that's the most important aspect of it is that we come in and we do a lot of different things and it can help you get fit. It can. But then you're going to get fucking bored or maybe something is just going to be cool. We're going to try a bunch of stuff and one of them is going to connect you. For me, it was overhead pressing, squatting, and Olympic weightlifting because those are the things I was good at. They hardly bench press in CrossFit, so I wanted to go somewhere where my strengths were better represented, and so I ended up leaving, not giving any business to CrossFit affiliates anymore. Well, frankly, opening my own at that point, but um, but now I was able had to go away. However, if that place would have had a weightlifting club, a barbell club, now guess who's guess who's still there? Guess who's able to explore his needs, explore this other form of fitness. Uh, continue to stay interested while continuing to give them money, and still allowing this place to be the centerpiece, my, the 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 home base for your lifetime fitness, because lifelong fitness again is the goal. So allow them to spend as much time with you. Now, if they want to get into a fucking water polo, well, maybe you don't have the ability to do that, yeah. but you know what? You could you could sh- for sure offer them maybe some private coaching. They would be able to fill in their gaps because maybe they're going to go and do what, same thing that I do right now with MMA training. I do MMA training. I hire a coach for MMA, jiu-jitsu, and kickboxing. But I still have to strength train and condition myself separately. So I go to another gym to fill the gaps for that. If my MMA gym had, had gym had a facility where it was fully equipped and able to serve all those needs, that's where I would be. And that's the fact. That's the truth. Yeah. So in your gym, it doesn't mean you need to become a 24-hour gym, but we've talked to gyms. Tyler Ryder's gym. Uh, torque, str- torque, strength, and conditioning in uh, Woodbury, Saint Paul, Minnesota. Yep. Power lifting spot. They have some group spot. They had some group coaching. They have some strongman stuff. They were a CrossFit gym before, right? And mm-hmm. they just built some of these other programs, and these other programs just became more interesting. And now group fitness stuff is something they sometimes do, but it's really overall, it's Barbell Club, it's Strength Club, and they've added 24-hour access which is a way to fit people's, people's journeys, people's fitness journey. Now you can go and you can strength train because you are a high school student and you are working on sport or you're a college uh, off-season college sports athlete. Then if you want to, as you get as you age up, maybe you just want to lift around, do some global gym stuff, go squat by yourself, use some machines, and you want to do it at 10 o'clock at night, now they can offer that for you too. That exactly. allows people to rattle around in your ecosystem for longer
1: one of the stories I liked when we spoke to Tyler about his gym was that he also had a spin class for a while Yep, they bought a bunch of fucking spin bikes so it was like because because again like the evolution of who being very understanding and clear of who the people are that are in his gym what that population was like and that it fit yeah so it made sense but he wasn't married to it to the point. You didn't cool become
0: enough. a spin, gym, which is why I am always very, I always teach, we talk, we talk to people in the Gear Academy about this this week, that your specialty program is a specialty program. To be very, very, very careful about representing your specialty programs as the only thing that you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: now all of a sudden your brand, you, you can stuck as be that guy into the general population who's dipping their toes and or maybe considering coming towards your business. Uh, they don't know enough. So if they only see you talking about your spin classes a lot and the, you, you, you're you not continued to, to apply social media pressure and conversational pressure about all the other things that you do well. Now you're like these hardcore strong man guys that trained at his place. Now they're not, if, if he's talking about his spin to classes too much, they're fucking out.
1: Like no. <laughs> I don't want to do the that fuck anymore. Is this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, spin classes, another one's important to know, because like, say, spin classes, YMCA stuff, or even Pelotons, those are great entry levels, like spaces for people to start in fitness, right? Someone just going to do some at home fitness, you know, cycling at home, all the Peloton Orange stuff theory. that took off, Orange Theory, they are very approachable for beginners. And they're also some are hyper specialized, some are very generalized, right? Orange Theory, I'd consider a fairly general form of fitness that someone would want to specialize their way to specialize their way out of, you know, if they find right. something more interesting, it's a weird orange series, a weird, one, but, um, but then you have like the Peloton that's so very specialized. You're sitting on a bike in your house, in the room, doing the one thing, that's it though. That will get people results until they get bored of it. Right. And, and then what are they going to seek? And can you be somewhere for them? Can you offer something complementary to that that will attract them to you? And then where are they going to go from there? Cause they're going to go from that to something generalized most likely are going to spend too much time in this one space. And maybe they just want to supplement with a little bit of weight training, just like my runners. My runners do a lot of running and they decided they need to do something else because they just weren't getting results. And for the Peloton people, there's there's a lot of Pelotons that are going to be collecting dust by right now. It's 2022. So a lot of those people, it's like, hey, what do you want to do next? And mm-hmm. what do you want to do next is the question. Like that's In a f- lifetime fitness journey, that is the thing. What do you want to do next? Not what do you have to do? Not are you what people are not slave to the results either, because I've seen people in gyms for years that don't get results in gyms, group fitness gyms that don't get results, paying personal trainers for years and they don't get results. I've seen them around. I see Mm -hmm. them every day. Okay. And that sucks too. But if that's just what they want to do and they continue to be interested, fine, let them, hopefully they can, they can turn around these other habits and able to get results. But if you're in that position introduce them to something else if they become stagnant let them find something else my like ultimate facility if i had to come to like my ultimate facility it would be group fitness as kind of a, the basis because then i have community there would be group fitness it would also be nearly reputationally cut right down in the middle uh with personal training i want to be known for being high quality personal training studio as well i think it is also be extremely valuable to have a area that has a fair amount of your cable machines, regular machines, all the stuff that can be used outside of your class that I would also have 24 hour access for. That way I could have kind of tiered membership options, easy upsells across the board. And then from there, it would be really nice to share space with a MMA jujitsu studio, that type of that type of spot. Because I think that market grows really well. I think the type of clients that end up in a combat sports setting all have Needs for strength and conditioning, one way or another. At the very least, it's an easy upsell to the other side of the space as well. And personal training—you have people that will then get bored with CrossFit or bored with their coming into your 24-hour space on their own and want to try something new. Let's say your 24-hour people now can see the group group fitness and know that that's fun, right? Or they can see the personal training people and know that they're getting great results. Or they can see the people in the MMA space or in your your martial arts studio that are like bad motherfuckers and that will be a thing that let let the 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 natural inclination to try something new let that mig- let that uh, let that instinct that's in them attract them to another part of your business
1: well what you've just described is is a decade proof facility
0: yes yep it's a 10 year proof f- facility
1: There's there's another piece to this along the journey, and I don't know if you were going in this direction, but the question or the next thought that I have is we are going on this, where do you sit? Where where does your business, where does your brand, your community, where do you sit on that journey of the average person's fitness Mm -hmm. journey? And it's understanding where you sit, whether are you generalized, are you specialized, are you hyper specialized, whatever that is the needs or desires of those people will also be different. So having that clear understanding of, are you the time of people's lives where they start thinking about how getting, you, you talked about getting a nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. You talked you like the idea of now you're maybe taking supplements. Like what age can people afford? Cause that for me is also yeah. like how old you are also dictates quite a bit. Like when I was a hilariously broke college student, newly married I wasn't going to no fucking gym that cost $200 a month no. to go to no. yeah but now in my mid-30s what I'm willing to spend on my health is radically different just yeah. my my whole mindset shift is different so if I you know if it, it, it you know if I'm thinking about you know I if I was building that facility that you just described I would want to have you know I don't know fucking doctor lady that was around that would yeah. do like liquid ivs and nutrition you, the on the like other that, side of that like too that, is new, nutritional I mean.
0: services and to, to touch on your your broke college student analogy right the reason i set aside these multiple tiers right of of things that i would that would be my basis of my services in this uh, dream scenario right exactly um is that the broke college student could very likely come in and start in my global gym facility Mm-hmm. And he can get the 24 hour thing. Maybe it's a little more expensive than those, but the reputation's solid. There's other options. Maybe they get access to the weekend workouts for the group. They can get come in on Saturday and join one group one time. A week. Like a, you want to foster some of that stuff, right? Um, but then as they grow up and have a family or get money, maybe those things are not in that order. Uh, <laughs> but but when they grow up, have some more money, or maybe want to commit further. The one the, the the temptation to see all the fun people are having they, that that can compel them. Too, as someone ages up and has a little more resources they can move to one of the more expensive options or simply more interesting options. The other piece that I like to see especially for gyms is if you do group fitness man like an old folks group fucking totally. rules fucking totally. rules do it. and by the way that demand you need to find those connections to it cuz one is a coach it's challenging talk about especially for group fitness coaches it's all about scaling and you're going to see if you have clients that are all 65 and older the the degrees of scaling that you'll see from people 65 and older is more extreme than you will from people in their 30s and 40s and 50s because it's nuts the difference you will have people that literally have can bear such extreme limited ranges of motion that have such limited ability to move around and some that do pretty pretty well and it's it's a great use for your coaches you programming stays in such a narrow box volume is low so you're not you don't have to over like over over overexertions or risks so it makes it simple to coach kind of right it's 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 complicated to set up things for people that work for everybody in that space but man you're solving a really great need and again people make recommendations for this is the gym i train mom grandma, grandma. aunt whoever yep. Come here. This is how you get referrals because you fit again in that lifetime fitness journey, that lifelong fitness journey. And ideally, those are for people that you've missed, by the way, this whole time. Because the ones, the one, the, the ones that are in their 70s who've been with you for 20 years, boy, they probably don't need that old folks group. They're gonna be just fine in your regular group. But that's a service again that I think is is a really, really great one to offer. And then it's important to also note specialty programs within then that can fit these high specialization needs. Meaning you can then have a group segment that's very focused on bodybuilding or barbell club within that same thing as well, where now you have powerlifting. And and so this becomes from a single facility with just slightly more equipment needs than your regular, it's not going to be global gym level, global gym equipment, but enough. And then a good open space for group fitness and enough space for personal training and some mats for your combat sports space like it's it's not like this extremely wide like enormous facility that you really need but now think of all the needs you can cover now i talked about this thing which is introducing a having a very diverse amount of offerings and one thing that's very complicated and that is not where you should start i promise but what you can start is by adding one layer at a time so where do you fit what would you now as a gym owner like to do Maybe make that decision based on some of the demands within your group. Where are people going or where are people expressing interest? When it comes to CrossFit people, very often they, they specialize. They'll either specialize by going to something else, just regular bodybuilding stuff, right? Or they'll get into some very cardio stuff. They'll become runners, cyclists, swimmers, triathlons, that type of stuff. They'll go strength-focused. They'll go endurance focus, or they'll go into some sort of bodybuilding thing because the results they were hoping to get from CrossFit, they got them for a couple of years. Now that's stalled, They want to go towards physique, physique, physique. I want gains. I want leanness. I want all this stuff. Those that aren't stuck doing functional fitness for functional fitness sake, those are usually kind of the three paths that they, that they tend to take. So where can you fit in there? Maybe it's just a specialty program. Maybe it doesn't need to be a whole aspect of your gym. But that's how you start to be able to serve these needs and scratch that itch for people because you know what's going to happen. They're going to leave and they're going to go do weightlifting. And then like most people, they're not going to do weightlifting for the next
1: forty years. Then what are they going to do? I think it also speaks to we oftentimes will talk to gym owners and coaches about like reactivation campaigns. Yes. Like the importance of going after previous members and just touch and base and checking in with them or whatever it may be, especially if you saw them on your list because of what you've just talked about, the importance of those ebbs and flows, specialization, mm-hmm. generalization, and understanding where you are in that cycle. You yeah. know, the odds of you being, you know, a highly specialized location for someone having gone more specialized is probably less likely if you're playing yeah. that the 80, 20 rule. So now how you then communicate to those people in that outreach can be drastically different
0: yeah yeah and not only that having those people that have left your gym being able to do like a reactivation campaign those are the perfect people to announce every new program that you've launched every new program every new facet of your gym every new offering they need to hear it because maybe that checks the box that they were hoping you would check before they left yeah
1: maybe that gym has personal training now Thing,
0: right? Yeah. Originally. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like- uh, well, don't even, don't get me started there. I it was uh, <laughs> uh, I was funny. There was a uh, yeah. I ain't nobody listening. So there was a a kid that it's uh, he's a young kid. bless his sorry. Well, you know, you're exercise science folks, and usually there's nothing less interesting than talking to a kid who just comes fresh out of like like his college exercise science degree.
1: He it's took like, his kinesiology. Quarters. Never coached any. Never
0: coached anybody, you know. And, but they're like, yeah, I'm gonna go to this place, and then yeah, they're gonna just feed me clients and everything. I'm like, oh, you're gonna fucking hate that, dude. Like, and also now you, <laughs> it's like I want clients who want to work with me. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't want somebody else. <sighs> Oh, you want a personal trainer? I have a person. no fucking way, you know? So, but I'm yeah. a bit more particular, but that's a good way for it to burn out some poor, some poor exercise science graduate is going to come in and just start stuffing them, whoever you can stuff in front of them. And see, I don't even have to find clients. Well, you should learn how to find clients. If you want to be a personal trainer, you should learn how to find people that want to work with you and who you want to work with. That's a That's a skill you need to sort out right away because you're going to be working with people you hate, with goals that you hate, teaching types of training that they don't like because you don't know them and they don't know you and you've missed out on that whole process. Getting fed leads sucks unless you are very skilled at that interview process and sales process and doing that yourself. Like just getting man. fed clients, put on your schedule for you. Fuck all that, man. Dodge that like a bullet.
1: And the best part is you make no money while doing it. Oh, so yeah. It's Oh, awesome. yeah. They if they're, giving, if they're just
0: handing you clients, they're like, here's how much money you make. And here's when you get, it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll decide. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's important to note guys. So where, so think about this. Here's your, your, your kind of homework is take, take a few of your t- client types. You have a few client types. And instead of thinking about them in the ways we've described in the past, which is still okay. It's still viable. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. There's just a different way of looking at it this exercise i just want you to think about their fitness journey what were they doing before what have they done after maybe they haven't done anything for 10 years that's okay that's a that's a that's a type right not for 10 years new back into fitness because also you'll learn how did i acquire this person what type of messaging would attract more people like him right Mm -hmm. but then also use that skill use those few avatars if you will it's such a shitty old school I hate that. Connor and I have a talk, but it's a real deal, right? right Whoever this type of person it. is, try to replicate that those things because you'll not only will you learn how to attract them by speaking to that type of person again on your social media when you are in sales meetings, you'll know how to close them by speaking to their who they really are, and because everybody's really is only like one of four people, anyways. But you can also learn to retain their business for better and for longer by delivering them results, doing the type of fitness they want to do right now. And get them the results they want to get right now. Um, and then from there, you need to be like, okay, well, how do I keep them interested? And that may mean you need to offer them something else, something different. Whether it is just upsell to personal training. And we'll do whatever the fuck you want. Man, that's that's a start. That's how you convert you bored, Man, let's fix this. Let's fix this. Let's just fix this a couple days a week. Or you're bored. Man, I got to we'll do a powerlifting thing every Tuesday and Thursday night if you want to get in on that. And be like, fuck yeah. Or, you know. Tell you what, we got a partnership with this MMA gym across town. If you want to start doing jujitsu, we can start focusing some of your training to that. They'll give you a, you know, a, a discount if you're one of our members, if you want to get into that, because now everything that they're doing fitness wise still comes through you. And by the way, this isn't just about offering things to these people so that you can make more money. What is your goal in the long run? This is a piece we always make sure we tie people back to when we work with people in, in the gear academy is what is your real goal? And if it's to create a fitter community, well, then you better be had to do a better job than just being a stop along the way. And mm-hmm. That's important. If your goal is to try to make a fitter community in your town, you cannot just be a place that they stopped for two years and got some results. And then they said bucket and then they drifted off and then they went and got fat again. You can't do it. You got to be better than that. So can you offer more? Can you keep them interested? Is there a different type of service, a different way you can frame it? Can you offer them to somebody else who you trust? But that is what you need to do. If you want to do better, you need to be better, and you need to keep your people engaged for their lifelong fitness journey because that's your job if you actually give a shit. So if you do give a shit, join the Facebook group. Join the Gym Owners Revolution. Uh, The link is going to be in the description. You can get in right there. Join the revolution. It's a resource for gym owners follow the podcast at the gym owners podcast on instagram follow me at tyler f and stone on instagram and john
1: at j banks fl on guys
0: thanks a lot for listening everybody i hope we took you along
1: a very long journey and we hope you stay with us for life goodbye